How is it that there are independent musicians out there who have no ties to any big record labels or financial backing able to get their music heard by millions of people and live out their dreams of being full-time musicians? That's the question, and on this podcast, we will discover the answers together. I'm Lizzy the Gifted, and this is the Music Mastery Podcast. What's going on, everybody? You're tuned into another episode of the Music Mastery Podcast with your host, Lizzy the Gifted, where we do a brand new episode every single day documenting my journey as an independent musician, as well as sharing tips and tricks along the way. Today, I'm guaranteed we're going to have a lot of tips and tricks because I have a guest on the show. It's actually been a long time since I've had a guest, um, but this this man here is somebody who's got a lot of expertise in the music industry at a very high level, doing things uh, like curating music and digital marketing. He works with Empire, and I'm just super excited to have Steven Chavez onto the show. Steven, thank you so much for being on, man. Hey, what's up, Lizzie, man? Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I appreciate you a lot. So, you know... Um, Talk a little bit about, like, you were kind of telling me a little bit before, but talk about, I want to know what you do, and I also, I really want to know how you got into all of what you do. So just talk about, talk about everything you got going on. Got it. Man, that's a long story. Uh, not really. So my family, my family is actually in the music industry, and they've been for like 30 plus years. So my dad and my uncle started off as DJs here in Texas, like back in the 80s. Uh, and they grew into being on the radio to eventually working for labels. And my uncle actually is still a big player in the game. He, uh, like, I guess his latest huge thing was he managed Pitbull for eight years. But he runs Latium Entertainment and he's got, you know, his roster and all the publishing that they do. So I guess that would be a good place to start how I got into the industry, uh, just growing up with my family. But I guess high school college I actually played cello and I went to the University of Houston but I really wasn't like I was into playing cello I wasn't into school so I don't know why but I decided to go and get into audio engineering uh, and I went to school for that here in Houston it's called a it's HCC and they offer a really cool program that everybody kind of goes through and I don't know from there man I started interning at a studio and we just started working started producing for some local Houston people. Uh, we got our first distribution deal with Asylum back in the day. And man, it's just been going ever since. I did work for my uncle at Latium for about two years and I ran digital, market, uh, dig digital marketing and the social media accounts for Pitbull, for Magic, uh, for Grandson, who used to be called Benj, but now he's kind of, he's more famous as, as uh, Grandson. And that's it, man. I've been working ever since. So I hope that kind of covers everything that I mean, yeah, no, um, <laughs> that is, uh, that's fantastic, man. Honestly, like that's a lot of uh, big experience there. Can you like, so Pitbull, obviously, world famous superstar. Um, my mom is a huge fan. She does. Really? She's a Zumba teacher. <laughs> yeah. So she oh, does awesome. Zumba. Yeah. Yeah, my mom is not a typical suburban mom my mom's got a lot of flavor let's just say got that. it nice. so so we we like pitbull in this house a lot uh talk up i hear her stomping around over there too she's about to come <laughs> talk about like what's what's it uh what's it like <laughs> she's peeping the door open talk about what it was like um what was that like like managing like an artist that big and like managing the social media accounts what was, what was um, that all like? God damn it. It was stressful, to be honest with you. It, 
it's really funny because I would say I had just gotten started. I actually went out to LA to be an A&R and there's a whole story behind that uh, for the label, but things got all crazy and I ended up moving over to the digital marketing space and I didn't know what I was doing. Like, honestly, I think at the time I went to see uh, Gary Vaynerchuk at CAA. Okay. Um, and my uncle had gifted me his uh, right, what is it? Jab, 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 right hook. Jab, 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 right hook, right? He gifted that to me. And I, that's, that's like what I knew. So at the time, dude, we were doing, we were basically just putting up a good picture with a quote from Pitbull. And that was like my life, dude. And every day I had to get my posts approved. So like I couldn't even post without them approving it, right? I had to like send it over. I would send like a week at a time. Like these are all the posts I want to do. Uh, these are the pictures. These are the the quotes and all this stuff. And that's kind of just how we ran. And it was even like every four posts will sell something. So we'll like push the new single. And then every other post will just be straight, uh, just picture and caption. And that's how we started. But it was stressful, man. I mean, there were times where I would mess up. I'd mess up a caption or mm. I wouldn't shout it out the way that like, the the requests that we had coming in from like the partnerships and stuff like something wouldn't be worded correctly so i'd have to go and to me i was in my head back in the day and i would be stressed out so that's pretty much what it was but it was cool um like every time you saw pitbull say vale on social media that was me uh, i covered the world cup i covered his white house performance um it was it was incredible honestly it put me in front of a lot of people I kind of, I got my footing in the door. I learned how to operate around people really doing it inside the business versus like back when I was in Houston and I was just working with anybody I could, you know? Right, 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 right. Well, how could you not be in your head? Like, I think anybody in that kind of a position would be like, I, I know yeah. I would have, you know, and I'm not usually a big overthinker myself, but if I had that job, I'd be like, you better not mess this up. You know, it's, it's stakes are kind of high and there's a lot of people who need it to be particular. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I can understand. That's great that you got that experience. When you talk about you got your foot in the door and you, um, you, you got to see things like you had to see how things work at a certain level. What, what are, what, like how, what are some of those things that you saw? Um, just being professional, you know, at the time I was still young. So I just wanted to drink with everybody. I wanted to smoke with everybody. Right. You know, I just wanted to like, it was the beginning of social media, to be honest, like where it was like the everyday thing. So I also wanted to look cool on Instagram. I mean, there was just so much. And yeah, some of the things would be like the privacy, um, learning how to operate around, uh, again, around label people, uh, not always just like trying to win for myself. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like those people, like it's LA. Like when I was, I was in LA at the time, obviously, but it was just, that's what everybody's doing to everybody. Everybody is trying to get on. Everybody's trying to get their foot in the door. Everyone's trying to get a job. Everyone is trying to get a placement, whatever it is. And I realized that was the beginning of understanding authenticity. Mm, oh, okay. Talk more about that. What do you mean? And getting into like, people are obvious and they, they can, they tell whenever they're trying to get something out of you mm. or they want a certain thing. Right. And that's where I learned like, do those people like the people I'm working with at Sony RCA with Pitbull, for instance, they're getting that all day, every day. 
people trying to get their artists signed, people trying to get verified, people trying to get whatever the hell it is, right? And I learned build relationships, be personal, like continue relationships, honestly, not just hit people up whenever I want something. Mm, that's and it, it's really helped me now as becoming my own business and an independent contractors hey like people call me sometimes because they know me but when i need business like i have to reach out to my community my network my my colleagues mm-hmm. that's a big one what you just hit on the continuing relationships that um i i, I i'm a I think I'm 50, 50. I think sometimes I'm really good at continuing them and sometimes I'm not. And I look back on times that I missed out on just continuing the friendship. You know, it's not just about meeting the person or sending the DM, but it's like, how do you actually become somebody's like literal friend? Like that's kind of right. That's like kind of what it's about. Um, I feel like when I was young, young, I guess I'm still young, but when I first started out, I was 17. Um, I had this sense of like, I have to find these gatekeepers and I needed something from them. And as I got older, like I started learning, like, if you have that mindset, you're not going to get anything. What you should do is you should have this mindset of like, I just want to meet cool people at like the very bottom level. Like, let's say someone has no opportunity for me. It's like, so what, what if I make a new friend? How fun would that be to just have a homie? Like it's, yeah, exactly. What, what what place does that play? Cause it's a, it's, it's, it's a lot of blood in the water as you've described it. What place does it play to just be a person who's literally just looking to like, just build good relationships? Um, I'm sorry. Can you rephrase that question? Like what, what, what's the, uh, like, I really want to know, like, is it really rare to find somebody who is like, wow, this person literally just wants a friendship. Like, is that rare to find? Or do you feel like you're able to come across people like that? Yeah, I would say it's easy to come across. I think in our industry, everybody kind of has their own agenda, right? Like we're all the movie star in our own movie. And, you know, of course, I'm the main character in mine. So I always have something going on, right? But I think what allows us to build friendships is just to be present with each other, uh, give, give each other space to talk about other shit. You know, sometimes, honestly, I get super bored talking about business all the time. Mm. Like I would much rather talk about my philosophy behind my artists or, you know, social media even. And those are the conversations I like. Uh, obviously politics doesn't always work. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But sometimes it does, right. Sometimes it opens the door and, and you just never know who's going to be your, your best friend, who may be, you know, a shit on assistant now that is an A&R in four years or is, you know, ends up managing the top producers or Trevor Daniel or whatever. Like these are all people that have young managers and we're all young out here and we're just, honestly, it's the wild west, dude. And I guess the biggest thing I would say is that most people out there have no idea what they're doing. I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think it's safe to say that. And I wish more people would say that. I think it would help them kind of let the ego down and start to build whatever they want. But I guess that's a different conversation. No, no, it's not at all. Like I, I really, okay. A few things you said just now that I just like, just hit me. Um, First thing you said, when you said we're the stars of our own movies. So I was literally this morning, no joke, listening to an audio (laughs) book called Max Out by Ed Milet. I don't know if you know who that is. Oh man, text that to me. I'd, yeah, I'd love no, to check it out. So Ed Milet, um, you, I don't know, you seem kind of like into 
personal development. Are you into stuff yeah. like that? Okay, cool. So this is like the guy. This is one of the the guys. Um, his name's Ed Milet, and uh, how do I spell his name right? I just texted it to you, but his book Max Out. I just got to the end just today. He was talking about how like in a movie, um, you know, you see like the main characters, the supporter, like all the famous people. And then like yeah. you get to the extras where taxi driver, number two, bodyguard, number one, like they don't have names. And we allow the extras in our life to affect our judgment of ourselves. And then yeah. he went on to say, we are the main character of our own movie. So you saying it just now, I was like, oh my God, I just heard that, right, from somebody else. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, I, I totally agree with that. I really, really like how you said, we don't, you don't know what you're doing because I don't either. And I really yeah. like, I feel like Instagram particularly and social media in general is people, and I know I went through this, we have this pressure to build an audience by, think, by, by portraying what we know, yeah. how much we know and what we can do to help people. But we actually can't because we don't know shit sometimes. Yeah. To a certain extent. Do you ever, okay, I'm curious. Do you ever go through like <laughs> imposter syndrome or does that ever cross your mind or ever? All the time. Um, honestly, people come up to me all the time and they may know me from a certain time of my life. And that's really weird to me because in my head, you know, I'm just a family man. Like I have a, that's my job. Like I don't have an outside job. I, I completely work in the music space. Uh, but I think sometimes people think maybe I'm bigger than I am. Maybe they think I'm, I don't know, maybe I am to them. I honestly don't know, but yeah. I'm just a guy out here and, you know, like we own a bar. We, we, we're a promotion company. We throw nights. Um, we're just trying to do it, man. And we're just building a community. So for sure. I, I get that vibe. I, I feel like I'm a fraud sometimes, I would say, like, to be honest with you. Me too. But, you know, what I've realized, and especially having these kind of conversations, is that, dude, there are people out there that don't even know how to put images on their Spotify profile. They don't know how to claim their Spotify profile. So as much as I may think like, hey, I'm just a regular guy, there is a group of people out there that need our help, whether it's how to reach out to, to playlisting, how to upload your song, how to get distribution, you know, how to create good artwork. There's just so much involved in these releases. And there's so much that people don't know. Right. Like, and it's, it's almost, I don't want to say sad. It's just, it's the truth. So these things that we think we are, are things that everybody know, I'll be honest, there's, so many more people out there that have no clue what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I take submissions for my label wormhole and dude, I get, sometimes I get artists that completely record on their computer. And I don't mean like, like they, they have a home studio set up. I mean, they like straight up record their vocals on their MacBook into GarageBand, and they record songs. Mm -hmm. And I think if someone experienced, you would know that like, that's not how you, really do it right, <laughs> it right, may right. not give you the best product but i mean yeah. that's how people they're just doing what they what they see man mm -hmm. they see tiktok and they're like i should make a tiktok like that right they see instagram oh that person lives that way kylie jenner lives like that i should like act like that hmm. except kylie jenner is a multimillionaire, and you know most people are still in high school or whatever it is, whatever position in life they're in, that's where they are. But 
you know we're we're learning from these these characters Ooh. and their characters right right that's interesting okay so a lot to speak on. i have so many things i want to even ask, but, <laughs> sorry but, uh, i can go like all over the no, place no this is great <laughs> i can see i understand your background now dude we're in freaking outer space i love it like i love it <laughs> uh well we'll talk talk about uh well, first off, let me just say that the whole imposter syndrome thing, like I've dealt with that myself. Um, it's kind of funny. Like I even, I say the word imposter syndrome just so you and I understand, but I just, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about that a while ago. And my friend was like, dude, you don't have to keep saying imposter syndrome. Like that's a word that society put on you. You're just a humble guy who has high expectations on yourself. You know, yeah. imposter syndrome is, I asked you it because I, I, I know you would understand the term. Um, but you're right in that there are people who do need help no matter where we are. Like we, we are a few steps ahead of somebody, even if we're not the level yeah. we want to be at. Right. So, um, talk about, okay, here's what I want to know. Talk about the relationship between the way you, Steven, perceive yourself right? You've got the imposter syndrome, but then you also kind of realize you can help people. And then you're like, then you're like, but then there's these characters, these famous characters that, that these other people are chasing after. Like, like, where do you see yourself fitting into like your own movie and like how you're like crafting your life? Yeah. You know, someone sent me a direct message yesterday and they just said, your happiness radiates mm. and it took me a second but i i guess that's where i see myself is that you know going back to the self-development i've been through you know i'm a landmark graduate that's my thing that i love and i've always I always kind of promote it but uh i've learned to just kind of take life one day at a time man and enjoy it so I am, again, it seems to me like I'm, I'm no one, but you know, I really do work from home. Like I don't sell drugs. I work from home. <laughs> I, you know, I have a label, I have artists, I put out releases, uh, I have a distribution deal with empire. So it's these things that I have to step back sometimes and say like, wow, I'm doing some really cool shit. Like I don't have a number one record right now. My artists aren't, you know, rich and millionaires and famous but like they're all kind of bubbling and doing their thing and i know that that's happened because of me and my fiance and like everything that we put into our groups you know what i mean oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so there's just again there's inspiration for whoever wants it you know mm. and i used to try and target people but honestly like i think people that get to know me they want to get to know me more and they want to be around me and Maybe people that see and I'm not driving like a G wagon or something, then they may say, fuck that guy. I mean, honestly don't know, but I do see myself. I think people see me as like, Hey, that guy's doing something I want to do. Right. Like he's working in the music industry independently works from home, has a house. Like I think those things, at least that those are my little measures of success, I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, think like, yeah, I, I agree with you in that. Like, I, I mean, I would think that like most musicians, like a really large percentage never build any kind of sort of like livable income off, off music. And, and, I, and right? honestly, that's that right there is kind of like the basis of my model is like, 
yes, I want my groups to blow up, right? I would love to have a number one record. And I would also just love for my guys to be able to play music and make a living. Hey, if they're making like, you know, 50 to $100,000 a year and they're playing their instruments or they're producing or they're songwriting, I mean, fuck, that's so much better, right? Than going and sticking to their nine to fives. Right. Working at the coffee shop or the telemarketing place. I mean, there's yeah. just so much more out there. No, I, to- I totally agree with you. And like, yeah, dude, fuck, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Especially like, it's so funny. Like I, like, like I struggle with this too, you know? Like I went to college. I don't know if you went to college. You know, oh, you know, you did. You went to college yeah. and like. I went I twice. Went to col- <laughs> yeah, great. Hey, there we go. For lots of years. Yeah. And uh, I got a college degree too, but I just know the uh, the college experience, the very like, I, I believe the underlying theme is like, we're all here to get a job. Like, cause why yeah. else would, why else would you, I, nobody goes to college to say, I just really want an education. Like, I don't think, I, I don't know how many people really go and say that unless they're going to like a school they like, like a music school or a trade school. Exactly. Goes, right. Everyone who goes to kind of general school is like, oh, I'm just trying to get a job. And, and they're trying to get a job because of some kind of societal norm that they're subscribing to of, I need to be this way. I need to this, I need to that. That's what's important in life. And I know that event and I'm seeing, I see it happen where those people are never, they're not happy. You know, they can't answer the question. What am I passionate about? What makes me happy? Am I doing that on a day to day? Yeah. And I, I think that's where we are as a society now. Uh, like we're in the gig economy, so we're trying to find ways to write, like make money and have jobs and have income that aren't the same as our parents. You know, like really, we learned it from our parents and our parents learned it from their grandparents. Like our grandparents came from a time where you could get a job, any job, you could go work at Southwestern Bell and you could live a good life. You could have insurance, you could have funds to take care of your family, own a home. Mm-hmm. right our parents kind of got the 80s and the greed of wall street right excess so they were living beyond their means i'm sure i know mine were mm. and now we live in this society where that's not how the world works anymore there aren't jobs for everybody like people are going to college racking themselves with debt and they can't make it out of there they're not getting a job they're having to go work at starbucks and there's nothing wrong with that don't like, seriously I don't mean to say that that's a bad thing, but that's what ends up happening is you went to college to get an MBA and now you're stuck working just a regular job that you could have done without college. That's why this gig economy is so cool. Like, dude, we are paying people to entertain us. Right. We are like, you're an entertainer, your podcast. I'm not sure how many downloads or listeners you get yet, but like that eventually grows and you end up building a catalog and it's kind of the same way for my distribution, right? Like we build the catalog of artists and Hey, like, let's say I get up to a thousand artists or a thousand releases and they're all making me a dollar a day or they're all making me a dollar a month. I mean, fuck, that's a thousand dollars for the label off of doing nothing from past art. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Same thing with your podcast. Like you get up to 100, 200 episodes. Like I guarantee you're going to have listeners by then. Like, well, my podcast has steadily grown and uh, it's awesome. I like, 
barely push it like at all. Like I, I was, I did a lot of the IG stories and like would send emails to the list, but I haven't barely pushed it. But it's amazing, I, dude. Yeah. But I do it every day. Like I do a new episode every day. And oh, like wow. now I'm like, it goes like this, you know, it's just like, boop, 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 boop. like it grows, it grows. And, um, you know, maybe we, we could, it's got me thinking we could transition to into this, but like, I have realized that there is a value in the legacy of your content, of your music, of whatever. Like, so a lot of artists that I work with that I, I used to subscribe to this thought too. I put this song out. It's got to happen right now. This is the moment. It's like, yeah. uh, it doesn't have to be though. You could put out it like Russ had his song losing control blow up five years after he put it out. And exactly. What they want. It was the same. It went platinum four years. Right. So, yeah. you know, what do you think of that? Like talk, speak on, on, on that. Do you ever talk to artists about the whole legacy of their releases? For sure. For sure. Like uh, I'm on the management team for Billy Raps, who's kind of an up and coming uh, rapper. Obviously he's like kind of in the rock rap arena uh but he's a he's a guy that dude he's been putting out uh short films videos for every song and he's been doing this for years now mm. and really he just he just started i think it was like four years ago he actually just started rapping right but in that time span he's accumulated i mean he has hundreds of songs uh at least 50 full fully shot videos and now it's turning into something. His last project was produced by uh, Chase the Money. Um, he's doing he's doing a lot bigger deals now, and we're getting somewhere with him. But dude, it took him several years, and I think that's what people don't get. And that's not just several years of like, hey, I put out two songs and I tried. Like, no, this guy like is in every artist DMs, every producer DMs. He's built his own relationships. He releases merch, and that's all on his own. Like it's, it's incredible. That's the kind of hustle that it takes to even start to get some traction, you know? Right. Just to start getting noticed, to be able to go sit in these A&R meetings, to sit with when people want to come look at you at the studio, you know what I mean? Yeah. Talk so, about, talk about some of the do's and don'ts. Let's use, what's his name? Billy Rax. I'd love to look him up. How, how do you spell his name? I want to look him up on Spotify. B-I-L-L-Y-R-A-C-X-X. Okay, wait, so B-I-L-L-Y and then R-A-C, oh, X-X, I got it. Yeah, it's all talk about Talk about some of the do's and don'ts of, let's say Billy, for example, stuff that he's done that's maybe worked really well, because obviously he's gotten a lot of good stuff to work. Maybe some things yeah. he did that didn't work so well. well talk about some of his do's and don'ts. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I would say his do's are his hustle. Like, I'm telling you, this guy gets in DMs with anybody he wants. Mm -hmm. And this is a great concept that I like to speak about is all that anyone can ever tell you is yes, no, or maybe, right? Mm. And we get all in our heads about what's going on and what we think is going to happen. But the truth is, dude, like y'all reaching out to me for this podcast, all I can tell you is yes, no, or maybe right. and counter offer, right? So that's how he is. He is relentless, bro. He will reach out to the biggest superstars. It doesn't matter. They may not respond. Who gives a shit? Because the people that do respond, he builds relationships with them. Like he was just straight up in the studio with Sway Lee. Straight off of DMs, bro. Guaranteed. <laughs> he just DM'd him and it, it worked? Bro, I swear. That's just how it goes. And again, wow. dude, like all, all Sway Lee can do is say yes 
I'll fuck with you. I'll talk to you. No. And ignore you. I'm not going to talk to you. Or maybe, hey, uh, yeah, I'll work with you in the studio, but it costs X amount of dollars, right? Right. And that's all there is to it. But people get in their head like, oh, man, they're going to think I'm a loser, that I need to ask them for help. Or, you know, oh, I feel like a scrub because I'm DMing some celebrity, like I'm a loser, you know? Totally. And the truth is, shoot your shot, man. You never know. Right. No, dude. I. So that's a do for him. Uh, another do is steadily release music right you know he steadily releases music uh there's never a month that goes by he hasn't released at least a new song and a new video sometimes more sometimes it's a project sometimes it's more videos whatever it's just continue to keep putting out music uh some more dudes he he has started over the past several years to build his team it's like i originally came on as his social media guy he needed some help and I released uh, a few of his projects on Wormhole. Then he started, he went out and got a booking agent that he found through, I don't know how, connections. Her name's Darlene DeLuna, but she does like 5 Yo Foreign and uh, uh, YG and Tyga, I think. And somehow he just gets connected with her through DMing. So he's been building his team. Now he's got us on his management team. So Darlene and me and one other guy, Hugo, we've stepped in as his, man, his full management team. And now we've done really cool shit. Like he was just on a, he just did a live stream in China opening for a uh, little skies. I think it was 2.2 million viewers. I mean, it was insane. Oh shit. So hold up. Yeah. That, that, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Dude. It, and it's just great. It's, um, it's great to hear that, you know, the whole networking idea is like, it's great because um, you can get, access to people so easily because of social media, I would say namely Instagram, I'm assuming is, is probably the best way to network. Would you say that? I would say uh, right now for sure. There's a lot of other techniques, but yeah, I would say Instagram is the easiest place. I think most people are on there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's open for the messaging. I would say TikTok is probably getting there now too. Um, and in person, man, I know it's COVID. Uh, nothing beats the old fashioned, like shaking someone's hand and, and getting to know them, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, and even if you like, you know, you can easily, I know for me, you could, you could type in Instagram, the hashtag Bay area rapper straight up and then meet them in person, yeah, you know, exactly. you're in Houston. And I've looked at Houston rapper on Instagram and that's like a thing yeah. like Dallas rapper, Houston rapper, yeah. Atlanta. So you can use it as a local thing and be like, yo, you want to grab coffee? Do you want to get lunch? Do you want to fucking, do you want to work it, on some music? Do you want to yeah. come through to my place and where I mean, I, I, that's how I linked up with this artist through literally Bay area rapper found this artist. He came to my house twice and uh, we're homies like yeah. all off Instagram in person though. So um, yeah, like that's why I never like to look at it as networking and I like to think about it as building community. Yeah. Because like these people are going to be your future community, man. And, and you don't know, like, Hey, let's say maybe I, one of my artists does blow up and I'm a future executive and now we're in our, each other's community. And I'm like, Oh shit. I remember my homie that does the podcast. Like, Hey shit, I need to put my artists on there or whatever right like we just we don't know where it's gonna go and i'm assuming you also produce and stuff or me yeah so i fully produce make the beats play the piano oh incredible man. master yeah all that stuff yeah i've been doing like now that. we can work together right 
Right. Exactly. I can bring anybody like, cause I'm like, yo, well, bro, whatever we work on, we own it. Like we're going to own yeah. the masters. We're going to split it. Yeah, man. Totally. That's like my buddy Clayton works at empire. So he's like the actual like in-house engineer. Mm-hmm. And like, he's always looking for people. So who knows, man, like you're down the street. You know what I mean? Like that's how community works. Right. Clayton may be like, Hey, I need an assistant engineer. I need an intern. I need a, someone to come in and be my studio hand or something. Right. And like, who do I suggest? Oh, I know this guy who's in Westlake, not too far from you. Like take him 40 minute drive in or whatever, but whatever. Right. Like that's just how community works, man. So I'm I'm really big on that. Me too, man. And you know, so recently do you, are you on a, are you on clubhouse? I am on clubhouse. Yeah. Okay. You dude, you got to join our clubhouse group, bro. Our clubhouse group is amazing like we just got yeah. off a call yeah so i the exactly what you just said i heard about clubhouse looked at it got on it and i was like i love this it's a phone call with hella people like how much yeah. fun is that like talking right not just posting and pushing content but like we're gonna converse and um so we do one twice a week we do it uh wednesday nights and tuesday mornings and we started to grow and it's just basically like it, I, I think of it as group therapy because it's kind of like that. But in a way, it it's is. like we yeah. talk about release strategies, what we're working on, books, resources, do's and don'ts, stuff like that. Um, and it's just like I didn't get on Clubhouse to build an audience at all. Like I, I kind of don't – I care, but I don't. I was like, bro, I just want to on the phone talk to folks, like the way you and I are doing it. Like that's yeah. kind of why I started the podcast too. I just wanted an excuse to like – talk to people on the phone and use it as content. Same thing as clubhouse. So, um, do you feel like, I mean, obviously your boy, Billy is super good at it. Like he's great. I would love to have him on the podcast as well. Do yeah. I'll, I'll let him know. Yeah. Is my, uh, is my image frozen real quick? My bad. It is frozen. It is. I, um, my fiance was calling. I think it, hold on. Let me, uh, fix you're that. Good. I hear you perfectly though. You good. Oh, okay. Good. No, you good. <laughs> I'm, um, curious as to, um, do you think um do you think artists artists specifically in general are good or not good <clears throat> good or not good at networking i think they're not good yeah <laughs> i think they think they are but i don't think they use their networking uh i think that's the thing is they they turn it into networking mm-hmm. like they have to network versus like go talk to your fans, man. Go, uh, go meet the DJ that's there tonight. Go meet the other band, go meet the producers. Like they look at it as, Oh, I got a network and like, it's going to benefit me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know and I feel like yeah. that goes back to the authenticity. If you're not being authentic, do people know that right. your bullshit detector goes off and you're like, eh, fuck this guy. Right. You hear it on clubhouse all the time too. You hear someone talking and like I said, none of us know what we're actually doing, but they get a little too, like, I know what I'm doing. And then you're like, yeah, tune that guy out. He's bullshitting. Yeah. Right. You can tell almost, huh? You know? Yeah, totally. Like, um, I love it for like trying to brainstorm because there's, again, there's so much shit that I don't know that I wish I did. Sure. That I can learn from you or any other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's definitely, um, that's definitely my perspective as well is just knowing like who to and who not to listen to. Um, Let me ask you a question. I'm curious about this. This is kind of a straightforward question. Um, 
So as an independent artist, I've been doing this for 10 years, right? And the entire time, my goal has been build an income stream. Like my whole goal is like make a living and become wealthy as a musician, right? Obviously, I want to impact people though. But I'm talking about business side. The business side of me is like build an income stream. Um, I kind of feel like sometimes when I go on YouTube or I look for answers, I get a lot of audience building material information, you know, traffic sources. And I don't, I never felt like I got the building of a business, real marketing information until I got out of the music stuff. And I looked at guys like Russell Brunson. Yeah, exactly. Right. Dot com secrets. Are you familiar with that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, Cool. Perfect. What, where, where, where do you see that in the music industry, in the independent music industry, the idea of like a lot of these people talking a lot about traffic and marketing and that, and not on the whole like income stream building. And like, what do you do for your artists in terms of all that? Yeah. So what I like to do is let them organically build first. So that would be straight up, like see where they're at, right? Monitor them, let them post on their socials normally. And then I like to go into the analytics and that's kind of where the bread and butter is. So I know a lot of people will say like the Facebook and Instagram advertising doesn't really work. And that's because either they're not working it properly or they're not putting enough money into it. And I think that's dangerous. It can be a trap, right? Like you can go spend thousands of dollars wasting money on ads. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we've all done it. I've done it. (laughs) Learning, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's what you got to do. But it's something that has to be done. Like even if like, I used to think like, okay, I can put up one ad, I can release a single. And now my my artist is going to get like all these views and they're going to, everyone's going to know them. And like, that's not really how it works. Mm-hmm. But you can consistently put out music. You can run a gen, like a semi-generic story ad and you can run that consistently for months on end and mm-hmm. start to build slowly and and organically like you're going to get people you are going to find people that are fans but you have to test the content like dude, it's a big testing trial and error thing and i don't think people have the patience for it mm. they want to be rich fast they want to they want a, a get rich quick scheme and like that's just not how it is so going back to how you're talking about russell brunson and learning you know, actual marketing techniques, because I'm a real estate agent as well. So that's kind of where I had to go and learn a lot more things like, you know, learning how to like, honestly, Russell Brunson made me understand how to run Facebook advertising through the click funnel, Mm -hmm. because that's basically what you're doing with Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising. Mm -hmm. It's actually a funnel. Right. You know, so you get awareness, which is like, you can run brand awareness ads, very open very wide targeting and then you can get into consideration which is like okay they know your brand now now i can start sending them videos and pictures or whatever and then you get into the conversion which is now i need to close the deal i need to sell some merchandise i need to actually get them to download my single or go to the link that i want them to click on mm-hmm. and that's what a click funnel is it gets you stuck in this funnel going down until ultimately you close the deal right so and i don't think people don't understand that they think 
well, I'll put 10 bucks a day on a boost post. And now, you know, I just wasted $200 and I'm not famous. What the fuck? Right. Right. (laughs) It's just not how it works. Yeah. Dude, you are literally like nail on the head. It's funny how many things you say that I've either heard or that I've myself have been through. Like, um, I've spent tons of money on Facebook ads, thousands of dollars. People have no idea how much money I've spent on ads. Yeah. And, and some of it is done really well. And some of it I'm like, whoop, that didn't work, you know? And, um, I think that's, um, it's part of the, uh, it's part of the game to like spend money to learn and test. Um, the book, one of the books I've read 1 million followers by Brendan Kane. Oh, I've uh, seen that. Yeah. I think you would really like that book. Uh, it's, uh, you know, he really made me understand testing, you know, like you can't just at any level, even the very highest level, you can't spend money and always expect it to do great. Sometimes you're going to spend yeah. money and it won't work. Like, yeah. and that's fine. Like it's part of it. It's about trying to maybe have more wins than losses in terms of that and trying to get to that point of profitability and what, whatever it is. Um, talk about what, Okay little business talk. I'd love to know because I'm a total oh, marketing sure. geek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like how my I, face is frozen. And yeah, it is frozen. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good looking <laughs> face though. Like it's don't even worry. I enjoy it. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, but like, I'm so glad that you and we both understand the whole funnel thing. Uh, so what is your, it kind of sounds like your idea of a customer journey is like you cast a wide net with a very inexpensive campaigns such as brand awareness or maybe video views. And then exactly, yeah. you're, you're talking about retargeting people with a conversions campaign. It sounds like, right? Yeah. So, a funnel, Gen- okay. so generally what I'll do is I'll run a very, I'll start and this will be something that I run like all the time and it may just be a dollar 50 a day, a dollar a day or something, but depending on the content, cause it doesn't really matter, but I'll just run like, a video views ad for instance right and i'll leave it running for like the entirety of a single okay and then what i'll do is i'll start to take the content that we have and create like story posts and i go in and i'll do manual targeting so i'm not showing up on the news feeds but i'm showing up in stories and i'll start to run these would be my consideration now i'm trying to get people to go to our spotify uh to our link fire link you know So they can choose YouTube, Spotify, whatever. Or sometimes what I'll do is in that ad set, I'll set it up for this targeting. But what I'll do is I'll create an ad for each individually. So I'll have a YouTube only ad. Mm -hmm. And for that ad, I'll specifically target whatever my uh, parameters are and YouTube and Spotify and title or whatever it is that I want to work on. You know what I mean? And then I'll run those all individually on this, under the same ad set and I'll test those out. Now, Facebook's automatically going to start directing more traffic to the ad that's getting more, more conversions, more clicks, more engagement. Mm. Um, wow. Okay. So you're saying you'll run it's all those. Kind of <laughs> you, sorry, say it one more time. Oh, I said okay. it goes kind of deep. Yeah. Like the, the strategy, I guess. Yeah, no. And you're so just, you said you will run all those under the same ad set, like all of like, yeah. So do you, do you use the power editor for uh, like to run your ads? I do it. I, well, is that what it, I remember? 
I use business.facebook.com. Yeah, the ads manager. Okay. Yeah. Power so, editor. That's what it used to be called, huh? That's what it used to be called back in the right. day. So I still call it that. But yeah, it's really the ads manager now. Gotcha. But so, yeah. So when you're setting up a campaign, right? Like I'll set up an overarching campaign. Like that's the that's the the main thing. So let's say it's uh, it's my band Camera Cult, right? So that's going to be my campaign. It's just going to be called Camera Cult. I'm going to set it up. I don't even add the budgeting and shit in there. I just set up the campaign. Now, when I do my ad sets, it may be because I'm going to have different targeting. Right? Like they're from Houston. So I'll probably have like a Houston ad set mm. that that only targets like a certain, you know what I mean? Sure. A certain market. Mm. And then I may have a second ad set that is like a different single or a different city. It doesn't really matter. Right. That's all irrelevant. But I create multiple ad sets. So under, under one ad set, you can now go and create ads. So you can create as many ads under the ad set as you want. Right. So you can have, you can try out different things. You can have, you know, vertical video. You can have a different part of the song. You can have one that's the hook, one that's the pre-hook, one that's the verse, one that's the instrumental, right? I, I think, yeah, no, and I was curious as to like, you had talked about the different streaming platforms under the same ad set. I, I guess what I, what I usually do is I would think there'd be one ad set for Spotify and then another one for title then another one for YouTube. And those are all different ad sets. Is that, yeah, it, it just like, that's what I'm saying is like one, I could put, I could just put like my link fire link, which has everything, but right. yeah, as an ad set, you would put, because you're going to have the ad set is where you do the targeting. Right. So that's where you, yes, you would change it like to Spotify, for instance. Gotcha. Or whatever it is that you have, right? Yeah, right, right, right. That right. you want to use. And then the ad would just be the different actual ads. So again, like you may not be targeting per specific social, like specific platform. Like you may not put Spotify in the ad set. Mm -hmm. So you may just have your targeting, but then you may have multiple ads under that ad set that are like one specifically is for title or one is specifically for Spotify. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's going to go to all your people and you're going to see what more of your people are clicking on, for instance. Right. Because that's another, like, again, this is just goes deeper and deeper, but I'm only using the Facebook parameters when I'm targeting super wide. Because now what I've done through my events, like our Eventbrite, through throwing events for South by Southwest, is I've built like these custom audiences. I've built mailing lists. Mm -hmm. So for instance, like my events, I've got the full mailing list. Uh, for Also for my events, like I'm uh, admin on certain pages, like in town, like bars, for instance, that have the audience that I'm already looking for. So I may only use my custom audience from like, let's say the bar that I'm using. You know what I mean? So like I'll go and I'll create a custom audience based off of people that have, who have engaged with their Facebook, their Instagram and their videos mm -hmm. or even their pixels. So again, there's just, it's, there's so many ways to set it up and this gets super confusing. And I think artists, think they can do it or they know without practicing it and then they right. get lost because this has been like years and years of me trying years and years of me researching just like anybody else and studying because it is possible and there's tons of youtube videos 
I mean, you see the gurus that are on Facebook and Instagram that sell you the packages on Carl Hitchborn, for instance, you know, how to like increase your Spotify streams. Yeah, you know, it's that's now a big business. And it's funny because on real estate, it's the same thing. There's the gurus that like sell you the how to wholesale classes, how to right. become a real estate investor. Like it's just this whole again this all goes back to the gig economy, dude, is we've all learned how to make money off of doing shit that our parents probably think is fucking ridiculous. Right. <laughs> probably looking at us like, you idiot, what are you doing? And the truth is, like, we're running circles around our parents, and we're going to. Right, <laughs> so, right, 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 totally. Yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, that's funny. Um, I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, like, after uh, diving into like the ClickFunnels world and reading dot-com secrets twice and expert secrets twice and traffic secrets once, like after reading all of that, like the first time I read dot-com secrets, I believe was 2018. And I was so like, I was kind of lost on like, how does this relate to music? You know, yeah. I ended up for 2019 and 2020 doing producing only because I thought, okay, I'm going to like, I don't know how to apply the concepts from dot-com secrets to like being an artist. So I like transition because I produce anyway. So I was selling beats online for a bit. And then uh, essentially the journey I went on was like end of 2020, November, I was like starting to do pretty good with the beat selling business, getting the email list, breaking even on ad spend profitable. And I was like, dope, dude, this is cool. But I was like the trajectory of my beat selling business, like where I see this going, like if I want to continue this and scale this, like, is this really what I want? And I just decided like, this is, I never wanted to do this. Like it was kind of a means to an end and something happened. 2021 must've, it must've been the energy, but I was just like, dude, just take everything you learned from dot-com secrets and all that. And just, try to flip it on its head and do it for being an artist. Yeah. But it took me like, after I read the book three years of like, I did not understand like, how do you take, how do you do a product launch funnel or like, how do you do all this for an artist? Um, do you think artists go through that similar like block of like, how do I apply like actual business practices to being an artist? And I, th I think there's so much information out there that they just, you know, like if you go on to like uh, Spotify for artists, right? They give you like these little tips and tricks on, it's funny because you'll start to hear them all over the place, but like they'll tell you, you know, give at least four weeks for releases so we can pitch the editorial. And then you'll hear the artists come and be like, hey, Spotify says we should, you know, submit like within four weeks or whatever. And like, yeah, that is important. Don't get me wrong. And like for an artist that doesn't have a fan base yet, like who really gives a shit? Like they're not going to get placements yet. Mm -hmm. right but it's a good habit to build but that's what i'm saying is like there's so much information that an artist will hear anything and they'll take that as canon yeah like, right. oh yeah that's the way to do it like i get it yes you should if you can you should put up your music as early as possible right and set up your release and like actually plan your marketing and, and set up a plan basically but most artists aren't going to do that. And like what I've been telling my artists lately is like, look, if you want to release on fucking Wednesday, more power to you. Right. There's less competition. Like, yes, everything releases on Friday. So guess what? Like the new machine gun, machine gun Kelly just dropped. Are you going to listen to that? Are you going to listen to, 
you know, one of my other artists, like most likely you're going to listen to the artists you already know. Right. Right. So I tell my artists all the time, like, dude, if, if I were you, I'd drop on Tuesday, drop on Wednesday, drop on Monday. Who cares? Right. Then you can like promote yourself and people will have already gotten over the new music Friday playlist. Cause that's how quick this shit turns now. Right. <laughs> like, so you almost think it's better for an independent musician to not post on Fridays. Yeah, I think so. Right. That's kind of funny. My, one of my best friends, a Gabe, um, he's a, he's a producer and a rapper and he's like, Oh, I only drop on Tuesdays because of that same exact idea. You know? Yeah. I think it's, I think it's cool. It's just a different day. Um, like again, if you're building up as an artist, like, you just put it out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think everyone has these expectations. And here's another thing I always say, like having expectations are the quickest way to a breakdown. Mm-hmm. If I, you expect yep. something like you ever, man, you've like seen a restaurant and you hear about how good the food is and you're oh, like, Oh, God. it's going to be so incredible. It's amazing. And then you go and it's underwhelming. Bro. All the time. It's the same concept. Like, right. Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, just, it's, it's exactly that same concept. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. Like to speak on just that right there, the whole expectations thing. Uh, I just did a launch. Um, it's technically still going on, but it was a week long thing where um, so it's called decade collection. So like it's mm-hmm. literally all the music that I've ever put out in the past 10 years. Sick. So it's 118 songs uh, six albums. And I decided to throw some bonuses, unreleased album, 55 videos, a secret talk show that I did with a friend of mine and hundred photos. So my whole expectation was like, this is going to make me 10,000 bucks in the first week. Like it was yeah. so dumb. like, I won't, cause that's what I wanted. And I had like an email list and sent it to him. It definitely did not do 10 grand, but I got, I did get sales from it. And like for a few days, I was like super discouraged because of what you just said, the whole expectations thing. Yeah. But it's like, bro, I just made 300 bucks off of this. Like, yeah, dude, any but... money on ads at all. All I did was use the email list and my phone, my contacts, my friends. See, and, and that's my- your ask right there. Right. If you never sent out the email list and posted on your socials, you had zero sales. Exactly. Right. And- so like all you did was ask for the business and they gave it to you and you continue to do that. And like, offer them something in exchange still. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because then it makes them feel like, dude, people, that's the thing is we have so much thrown at us that people, like, that's why I love the niche genres now is because people want something that's their own. Mm. Like, yes, we can go on New Music Friday and find everything that's hot. We can go on the spiral, the Spotify viral playlist and find everything that's trending on TikTok. Like, that's cool. And everyone is there. The industry's there. Mm-hmm. The marketers at the record labels are there. They're looking there. The A&Rs are looking there. So why not do something a little different, right? right. Get into a niche and get into this and build your audience. Because, like, I tell my, my, my guys, look, one, uh, one, one fan at a time. Build one fan at a time. Get one fan that'll buy your shirt. Yeah. One fan that'll spend 50 bucks a year on you. A hundred bucks a year on you. Like, dude, that's a lot of money for kids, you know, for young adults, for people in a pandemic, like whatever. That's, that's a lot of money, but it's there. 
you know, and if you can get a hundred people that spend a hundred dollars on you, then that's a thousand dollars a year. If you can get a thousand people spending a hundred dollars on you, like hundred times a hundred is actually 10,000. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. it's, it's incredible. So that's what your goal was, right? Sell the hundred dollar pack. Yeah. yeah times. Well, right. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, but it was just crazy. Like the only reason for like two, three days that I felt so bad was the expectations. I yeah. was like, bro, that's so it's dumb. All in, your head. all in my head. Exactly. And it's like, um, the release isn't over anyway. I can continue to promote this. Like I only sent it to my email list. Like there's still, I did zero social media promo at all. I did nothing. Like all I did was email list and some phone calls. Anyway, the point is I want artists to know, and that speaks on the whole legacy thing. Yeah. Like, when I put those albums out years ago, they didn't do anything, but it's the fact that I have music available to people. That's, that's not the same as like the 40 songs I have on my computer that aren't finished. Like those songs are released. So even yeah. if like the songs on my computer are better, they're not released. So technically the other ones actually have more use to the career. So don't be afraid to put it out. I would say, don't get so caught up in the whole, it's got to happen right now. Like this is my viral moment when I, it's like, nah, it doesn't even have to be though. Dude, you know? if, if you're already going in there, that's the way I see it. If you're already going in there and you're, um, you're expecting like this is going to be your viral video. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not going to be, that's no. just what, how it's going to end up happening. Right. It's a slow <laughs> like, build. Always. Every time, like, you know, it's funny. Cause I just started doing, uh, you know, I mean, I'm always testing as well. And I, you know, I play cello. So I finally put out a video of me playing cello and it's probably one of the like most engaged pieces of content I've ever put out. And like me not knowing, I never thought that would be like something people would like. Mm -hmm. So I started doing it. And now that's, that's kind of what I've been into, into the past like two weeks is like, like I've just did a, a cover of the weekends earned it. And I like re-recorded everything. Like I completely reproduced it. And then I did all the strings. It's like everything. I, I'll send it to you later. But I was anyways, about to say, like, please, I want to hear that. It's that's I'm noticing that that's what people want to see from me, man. And maybe they want to see more of this content. I really don't even put myself out as that I that I promote because I've I've just always been like word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And I stay busy every year and completely from people just reaching back out to me, past clients, um, referrals. Right. So I don't know. I never wanted to be the guy that talks about playlisting because everyone's all automatically like they're bullshit. I think anyways, I'm that's crazy. Maybe that's so, in my head. But. No, it's not because it's so funny. Like going into this conversation, I was just keeping an open mind, but I was like, yeah, it's funny how like what I, the perception of what I had of you to what, what you actually are. You're actually like a digital marketing guy and like yeah. just an all around human being. Um, cause I was worried cause I'm, I'm actually not even aiming for, um, Spotify playlisting. Like I actually have no interest in it at all because I'm just like, <laughs> that's like not even, I don't know. I just, I'm not interested in it. And, um, so I'm glad that we were able to, to chat and, uh, share other ideas because, um, that, that's cool. Like that's, that's dope. You know? Um, so, you know, yeah, my I think, screen wasn't working. So no, I, I was going to say, this is good. Now I can see your face moving and I see you working. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> uh, you know, to, to kind of uh, wrap this up, I just love to take your thoughts on, um, you know, where do you see the music industry going now 
considering a couple of things. Number one, we just had this whole lockdown. Shows weren't happening, but currently your state, Texas, just opened things up. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That means you're going to get back into the swing of things with your bars and live performances. Do you see like, but you just talked about an artist who opened for Little Skies and 2 million people saw that artist. And I'm thinking, wait, you could never yeah. do that with a live performance. You can't do that with a live performance. Yeah. Right. And I'm assuming if you were all those people, was that a paid performance? It was, it was free for him to do it, but it was, um, there's this new app called Intersect in China. Okay. And it's like a live streaming, some kind, I don't really know because I can't use it, but uh, that's what it was. It's called Inner, like I-N-N-E-R, Sect, S-E-C-T. And that's, they, they tapped him to open up for Little Skies. And is that, is that something I could download on the phone? I, you oh. know, honestly, I don't even know. I don't think we can. I think it's just in China, but I, mean, I will actually look. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now and I'm seeing something that looks like it could be it. But at the same time, I have no idea. It's all in Mandarin. Yeah. So, see, it's a fucking know. Chinese app. Yeah. And I mean, cause that's in, so like, well, so wait, so he got to perform for free. He didn't have to pay. Um, no, yeah, he didn't have to pay. We had to go and film. So we did a full on like green screen shoot in LA. Okay. And it looks insane. I think we're going to release the video soon. We've only released like the, um, the, like the behind the scenes for it. But yeah, we had to go to like an actual sound stage in LA and do the full production. But like, it's like 2 million people, dude. That's a lot of people. Like, I mean, you never, there's no arena big enough to fill that. Like you can never get that. And like, imagine if you, if there, I mean, so like, and all those people could have been there for all for little skies, but Hey, if Billy got, you know, 40 fans out of 2 million people, like, Hey, it's a fucking win for us, you know? Yeah. And the uh, name, the, the name, the brand awareness, like maybe in four years, they'll see Billy rack somewhere and be like, Oh shit. I remember that guy. And right. You know, I, I don't know, but it's chances but, are dude, 2 million. Like he's obviously a dope artist. The chances yeah. are he got way more than 40 fans. Like, I'm hoping, yeah. <laughs> Two million. Like it's, you know, um, it's funny when you scale, when you think about scaling that down to a more manageable number for an artist that's smaller, like if you get a thousand people to live stream, it's probably easier to get a thousand people to live stream. You could probably get that faster than to fill a physical venue with a thousand in any yeah. one location, don't you think? And you could probably Definitely. charge way less. You could charge $1 or $5 See, like, so that that's where you were asking where the industry is going is I really see Twitch being huge. Um, I think everyone's going to try and copy that model of like live streaming and paying for it. Like people getting to donate money that they see fit, you know? Right. Oh yeah. Like we'll, we'll sponsor you for five bucks or something. And now, like, I think that would be good for you going on Twitch, going on, um, going on all the platforms, you know, putting, I, I'm assuming you do, right? I mean, I, I mostly Instagram and TikTok and YouTube were the ones I was on pretty heavy. YouTube, I hadn't yeah. gone on, I hadn't gone on Twitch much. So I use Restream whenever I'm using, so I use Streamlabs for all my setups and then I use Restream and that allows me to also like, to also stream at the same time to Facebook. Um, I have another program called 
uh, right it's, called, right it's called Yellow Duck. Yellow Duck allows me to also stream to, it uses a stream key and I can stream to Instagram stories. So yellow, okay, one second. I need, I'm going to write, so Yellow Duck right. streaming. Now you good. This is great. Yeah, Yellow Duck allows you to stream to Instagram Live. Hmm. Wait, okay, hold on, dude. You're giving me gems. I got to put all this. So Streamlabs, yeah. Yellow Duck, what was the, I think you Streamlabs is, is my OBS. It's what I use for, for broadcasting everywhere, right? So it's where I set up like my templates, like my, the one I earlier, the, the outer space thing. Yeah. That's yeah. done through, um, my bad. Oh yeah. So that's done through OBS. Mm -hmm. And then I take that in and I'll use like yellow duck. Cause it allows you to stream to other services through Streamlabs, but it only gives you like two or three or something like that. Mm. So what so I'll I do is I'll use restream.io. There we go. And that allows me to like also stream to my Facebook personal page, my face, other Facebook pages, like multiple pages. So I run something called wormhole TV and it's like, uh, it's basically all my artist videos, okay. but I run it like a nineties MTV. So I've got like Beavis and Butthead clips, <laughs> uh, like weird animations, like cool shit like that. And then I mix that in between all my artists, like new music videos and whatever. So mm -hmm. you guys have a website I can check out. Yeah. It's uh wormhole records.us. I and I think that. I've got wormhole.tv if I'm not mistaken. I think <laughs> it's the same thing, but it'll take you or it might take you to my Twitch. Oh, this is cool. I'm curious. So, so really quick, I'm looking at, so restream.io. Restream allows you to stream live to 30 plus social platforms at once. So what you just go live on restream, but you can link all these other accounts and it. Exactly. So you can use restream standalone and you can, you can use that as your, your OBS, your, your broadcasting software. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and from there it allows you to go in and you can add on like all these different websites. So it's got all kinds of shit. It's like, I think it's stuff that's foreign too, but the main ones that I would use it for is like, uh, Instagram, no, Facebook pages, like multiple pages, other YouTube pages. And then I think they even have Twitter. If, you, if you're verified and you can do Twitter video, you can, you can stream to Twitter live. Can you, can you, you so you can't do Instagram live through restream.io? You can't do it through restream. Really, no one actually allows it. So, because kind of what you end up having to do is either be in the center of your, like if you're doing a horizontal video, being in the center or you um, you can change your like stream labs. You can change it to a different, like the, the output stream. You can change the, the canvas size, but it, it's just weird because if you're doing multiple platforms, it'll look different. So that's kind of where that comes into play. But no, yellow, Instagram is like specifically, they don't really let people use other services. So Yellow Duck has found out a way to get a stream key for your Instagram live and allow the other platforms to put in that key and stream to your IG live. And you're supposed to be able to save it, but lately for some reason, I haven't been able to at my IG lives. That's been kind of the shitty thing. So you got to link a few things together. It sounds like, um, let's say I wanted to go live on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram all at the same time. How would I so do that? You would just need, 
I think you'll just need uh, just Streamlabs. You can just do it all through there, except actually, yeah, you can. With you're just gonna need to also run Yellow Duck while you're running, because Yellow Duck, all it does is you log into your Instagram account and it gives you a stream key. So it doesn't actually like film or record or do anything. It just logs into your Instagram and gives you the stream key. And then you put the stream key into Streamlabs. I understand. Now, if you need multiple platforms, like, I let me see. I can actually look here. Yeah, see, Streamlabs only lets you do one of each. So you can go, it automatically is going to put you onto Twitch because that's just like the starting system. But then it'll allow you to put Facebook and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then you can add destinations, but it's just like you have to put the stream key in. So basically you can't have more than like three. So if you need, if like, for instance, like I use wormhole TV, but I also have a, a brand called still tipping that we throw events and Texas emo club that we throw events. So like, let's say I want to stream to all of those pages at the same time, cause it's a performance or something. I can do that with restream. Mm-hmm. Because you can add unlimited, but you know, of course, they all have their costs for sure. monthly or whatever. So you see the—I mean, essentially, what we've said is you—you you see the future of the music industry going a lot to streaming, like live streaming. Yeah, I think people want to be authentic. Like I, like I was saying, and it's funny because this brings me like you know when I worked for Pitbull, like I said, Pitbull was a caricature of a Latino man, a suave Latino guy, right? Mm. But he kind of lost himself in that, and he kind of like he stopped being popular for a minute. You know what I mean? Mm. But if you notice now he's come back and he's in the podcast space, he does all the things with Tony Robbins. Like this is stuff that I was saying back then. I was like, why aren't we doing videos for Pitt? Why aren't we doing like comedic stuff? Why aren't we doing like personal videos stuff in his actual life? And they were just like, no, no, Pitt doesn't do that. Pitt doesn't do that. Yeah, you know, like honestly, at the time, he didn't even have a cell. He had a cell phone, and I'm sure that's probably true to this day. He uses a BlackBerry, mm. like an old school. Doesn't use an iPhone. Doesn't have Instagram. Doesn't have social media and shit like that. Right. He's just too big. He's he's off in his own little island. <laughs> I can understand that. I mean, you don't. You know, he doesn't need to be. Well, maybe he doesn't feel like he needs to be constantly on those things because he's. Got the cloud. He's got the money. See, he, yes, he has the money, but like any big artist, there comes a time where you fall from grace. Right. And now like you have the ability to be very up close and personal with your fans or just like fall by the wayside and struggle. And I think Pitt's getting it now because I think he was wondering how come people don't like me anymore? How come I'm a joke? How come people laugh at me now? he got too big. You know what I mean? Right. He was, he he performed at the world cup, like the world, like he was that big. So I think it became kind of a, like everyone just made fun of him. I think like Jimmy Fallon was making fun. Everybody made fun of him. It was their thing. He was like the, the butt of the late night jokes. Why? Why? I didn't notice any of that. I don't mean, I'm not, I don't follow that. Like what was, I guess just the times are changing. Like, I don't think people want to see that caricature anymore like look at the latin artists now they're not like these racist versions of latino men you know what i mean what are you see a you see a bad bunny i mean they're just latino men they're just normal latinos like they're american just like you most of us right 
like I'm Mexican through and through, but like I'm no different than like you know what I mean. I don't have to like put on a sombrero and be like dale, but, for you but. to know I'm Mexican. You know, <laughs> he's Cuban, but you know what I'm saying. Like, was what was he doing? That was so like, what was he doing? I mean, that's what he became was dale, and he just became a caricature, like the suave playboy, and it was cool because like guys wanted to be that, but then like me too happened and oh my pandemic God. happened and like is that really the men we are today like i don't i don't think so i it's always going to be there sex is always going to sell don't get me wrong we're sexual beings but i just think the perception right. has changed now and now you see like bad bunny or any of these 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 guys daddy yankee whatever and they're just like normal guys Mm-hmm. They don't have to try to be extra Latino to show that they're Latino. You know what I mean? I they're totally doing Spanish and English music. It's that's just what the people are becoming. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what scares people is that eventually everyone will be brown, right? <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it just has to, as we're mixing cultures and you know, interracial marriage is no longer like. I mean, it still is. Obviously, there's a lot of racist people in America, but yeah, but it's normal, dude. I, I totally normal. get it. No, I, I understand that. You can have mixed children now. I mean, my children are mixed, right? Like, it's funny. Growing up, I was always like, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna marry a Mexican woman. I'm gonna, you know, like right. all Mexican." Like, that's not the case anymore. Mm. So that's what I mean by that. I just think, I think he's doing a good job now. He's getting personal. He's doing his podcast he's letting people into his life which is what he's good at dude he's he, honestly pitbull i'll still say this and i will always say this pitbull if he meets you today in five years bro you run into him he will make you feel like you're his best friend mm. he's known he'll remember your name bro he's a freak of nature i swear to you but i don't know that's just that's him that's what he's great at that see and that's i that he should be putting that on front street that he's yeah, that, that exactly exactly because not everyone's like that not everyone's like that dude that's the person he should show but they again they they had a winning formula and they tried it for so long until it stopped working then he kept trying it i mean he's still trying it honestly with his music but <laughs> you know take a, a like a sample that's popular overseas bring it to America and like make a dance song out of it. Right. That was really cool in the 2010s, but like now that's just like, that's his old formula and it doesn't work the way it used to. Right. But that was his winning formula, bro. It worked. That was my uncle, honestly. You know, right. Right. They were traveling the world. They can hear songs that are breaking in other places, but like you don't have to travel the world anymore to hear a song that's breaking in Indonesia. You can go on Spotify and pull up the Indonesian top 100 or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So that's why I see the music industry is going to niche categories to streaming, um, authenticity. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's where I see. I, I think a lot of, we're going to see a lot of stars on Twitch and shit making. I mean, look at the producers right now. Mm-hmm. Kenny Beats and stuff, dude, fucking going nuts on there. T Pain. Nick Mira, T-Pain, KBZ. I mean, I guarantee these guys are paying hundreds of dollars just to watch them produce. Like, right. it's fucking bananas, bro. You're right. No, it's crazy. 
Yeah. It's like if you want to learn, pe- teach people uh, like how to use Ableton, like there's a, there's a market for that. You want to teach people how to mix in Pro Tools. Like I, it's so weird to me when people come over to my home studio and I like I jump platforms like I can produce in Fruity Loops and then I go and work in Ableton. Then I'm mixing in Pro Tools and see, that's the kind of shit that like I think is just normal. But like there's kids out there, there's young people out there that don't understand how I can do that. Mm-hmm. And there's some kind of I can offer them some kind of inspiration or like tips and tricks. Right. You know, here's my recording setup. You know, Alex Tumay puts out his templates like. Right. You know, people yeah. want to be those people. Right. And just showing that authentic side and yeah. letting people get in in your world. Yeah. What's going to happen if Alex Tumay gives his template like, yeah, 100,000 kids are now going to start learning how to mix like Alex Tumay. Are they Alex Tumay and his creativeness? No. You know, are they going to steal his clients? No. But are they is he going to create like a new wave of incredible talent? Most likely, yeah. And it's going to make music better for it. Right. You know, right. seeing Mike Dean produce, seeing Nick Mira produce, like it's going to make kids better. It's going to make people better. It's going right. to make the music industry better. Right. Yeah, no, totally. That That's 100%. I've always believed in that too. I've, I've gotten that thinking from Gary Vee. I mean, he's made social media better. Pretty much, you know, with him and his team. Yeah. Um, most of us wouldn't be doing what we're doing. I know I wouldn't be doing any of the stuff I'm doing if it wasn't for Gary Vee. You know, there's yeah. quotes that he said that I'm like, that are burned in me. Like document don't create is the entire premise of my podcast. Because yeah. people are like, how do you do a podcast every day? I'm like, fuck, I don't know, dude. I sometimes just get on there and talk about how good or bad my day was. Like, that's all I do. And hopefully somebody catches it and fucks with it. Because if I become huge, like T-Pain, like, or anybody who just has a really loyal following, like if I become huge, yeah, I know there's going to be fans who want to just know how my day was back in 2019. Like, I know they're going to want to see that. Same with Russ. I'd love yeah. to have been in the studio with Russ when he was a thousand followers and broke. I wish he had yeah. more of that content <laughs> more easily accessible to people. I'm not faulting him for it, but that I agree with you. That's the world we're in now. It's like build the legacy now, even if you have no fucking fans. It's like what what happens when you do get fans? Aren't you gonna want them to have that access? Yeah. It's practice right now. That's how I see it. Like, you know, I may get like two or three people watching my Twitch stream, but like I don't care. I'm practicing. Like honestly, I it, doing that had to teach me all this other these other skills, like right. creating my backgrounds and my scenes and stream labs and upgrading my system so that I could stream properly. Um, it's crazy. Like my fiance, her job, she does zoom. She hosts meetings like uh scavenger hunts on zoom. Hmm. That's cool. For like corporate companies. Like they, they have like their Christmas parties. They have their team building exercises and they do like these scavenger hunts online all hosted through zoom. And like, that's what my fiance does. That's so crazy. To make extra money. It's insane. Right. So interesting. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, she doesn't have to go work at Lowe's or Home Depot or McDonald's or Starbucks. Like she can make that same amount of income from this new platform that we've been given. Right. Right. Zoom was a gift to us, bro. It's a gift to you. Like me and you are connecting across the world, across the U.S. anyways. Right. 
And like, this is going to be a big part of your business. It's going to make you better. So right. I'm, I'm into it. Like I, dude, honestly, it's funny talking to you because we set up for our podcast, the still tipping podcast. And I'm like, I had all these special guests. I already have them booked. Like they've already confirmed, but I'm so nervous to do it. Interesting. Why? This is actually my first podcast. Oh shit. Cool, man. So, my chair, I, bro- I broke you into the podcast industry. Yeah. And honestly, okay. it gives me uh, more confidence to actually get on the screen and do this. So thank you for that. No, man, it's my pleasure. And I appreciate you coming on, bro. Um, you're well-spoken and you have a lot of good things to say and you're smart. There's nothing to be nervous about. Uh, you know, just fucking do it. I mean, you're going to do it and I think it's going to be great. I can't wait. Let me know when it comes out. I'll be a, a subscriber and I'll definitely. Oh dude, you're going to have to be a guest too. So we'll, oh, hell yeah. we'll flip this and uh, I'll bring you on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, Steven, I, I want to respect your time and, and wrap this up. I appreciate all the time, the info you've given uh, me and the community today. Uh, man, it's been awesome just connecting with you, bro. And I hope we can connect soon. And next time I'm in Houston, um, we need to either get lunch or get some coffee or just kick it. Dude, anytime, bro. I'll take you to all the hot spots here. Let's uh, go. Also, man, just keep in touch. Let's, uh, I really appreciate you doing this. I think we have a lot more to talk about. So yeah, dude, we definitely have a lot more to talk about. So man, Steven, thank you so much, bro. Have a good rest of your day and, um, and we'll talk again soon. All right, Lizzie, bro. Appreciate awesome. you. Man. Thank See you. Ya. Jump shot, wet that, post moves, no rules, chef that, no boo, get that, bet that, jump shot, wet that, post moves, no rules, chef that.